So before you watch this video, go watch our last video. It's going to be up here, up here. It's with Charles Gilman, who is the CEO and founder, I think, of Hydo Health. Great company, great episode, great person. Go watch that. Then come back here because I had to tell you about our social links on TikTok, Instagram. Go check those out. We also have Alex and Pierce's socials and mine and my Twitter link below. Go follow my Twitter. I'll be posting bangers on my Twitter, but nobody looks at them. Anyways, I'm going to start right off the bat with the fish downgrade. Uh, U.S. foreign debt got downgraded from AAA to AA+. Uh, what do you guys think of that? I think uh, I was looking at the reasoning behind it. Uh, it was it was a lot of the reasoning for me that Fitch made made a lot of sense to me. Uh, it was a lot of just like uncertainty and especially like with the the inflationary and all, all the environment that we've been facing right now. And the, the the downgrade made a lot of sense to me, and I think it was a long time coming. I think credit is is not in a great place right now, and uh, I was just kind of waiting for this to happen. So there it goes. Yeah. I agree with Pierce. I don't think it was all that out of the blue. I think that we saw this when um I for, I forget the exact name, but when people were were basically um betting that people are gonna default on their credit. I think that was another sign that this was gonna happen. Where MBS is up, where um it's credit default swaps. Do you guys know if those were those those were an all-time high um like a month or two ago, three months maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know about currently. Look that up. Let me pull that up. Um, the other thing Pierce was talking about was that Shopify beat their Q2 predictions. And I have a paper about Shopify, which is going to be in the bio. Um, but my big takeaway from Shopify's 10K was that they really don't have consistent profits. And I didn't see a reason to really invest in them unless they showed consistency in their profitability. Um, but this shows that they can be profitable and going forward, they might be able to generate more revenue. Um, I haven't heard about new programs that are, that are coming out. Their website with Drake that they had a couple of days ago was really cool. So I should, we should be seeing some more functionality for the user um, going forward. And hopefully they can continue to show profitability going forward. But what is your guys' take on Shopify going forward? Personally, I really like Shopify as a company. I think their their means and the space that they're in is super unique. And I think their way of of if if you ever use Shopify, I think their way of like their trials and and all their their ways of making money is is quite quite good. And I think like especially in this digital age, I think goods and everything is moved digitally. I think that, that transformation we all know it's already happened. So I think Shopify is really the head of that helm i think they're they're the ones that are they're the ones behind most of the websites that are out there today and, and they develop really good websites and, and they can produce they produce probably the most money out of any website as well they're just they're just good websites yeah i agree i think they're a good website i think the one thing you'd be careful of is that like over the pandemic shopify we saw that shopify stock price and valuation shoot up um, and I, I think that was because everything was online, but we're going back, like back into like person more. So I, I agree with Pierce, I think it's a good company. I think that if you're looking to buy the stock, you gotta be kind of careful just because it, it's, it was so overvalued for such a long time. I don't think it was necessarily overvalued. I think it was just, 
I think the amount of people who are going to sell online are going to keep on saying on Shopify. I don't think there's enough value proposition for websites like Sourceface um, and other websites like that, the website builders, for you to really switch to those other sites. I think Shopify just has so much value for the consumer and the user um, for them to stay on. The hard part is, though, is to try and get people to stay on. I think you have a month on Shopify that's free, and then you have to get off. Um, for, I think it's uh, WordPress. I think WordPress is entirely free, um, and you can use as much as you want. I think you have to be careful, definitely, with the pricing. Um, I think, yeah. uh, just, just to add something real quick, I think Shopify, the reason it was at the valuation it was during the pandemic, was because of drop shipping. I mean, we've all heard of drop shipping, and I, it was it was really took off during COVID, especially. I think it was the first time that we really saw a lot of younger people, uh, particularly like people who haven't really gone into entrepreneurship ventures, if you want to call dropship entrepreneurship. I think we had this discussion another time, but it was a lot of the first time that people got, you know, got experience and got online and. And that's the reason Shopify exploded because the potential there was was just so massive. And I think that's it's kind of dropped off a little bit with the the correlation of dropshipping kind of going downhill in terms of there's just so many people out there and there's not really a lot of items to dropship. So I think that was the reason Shopify's valuation was there. I have a, I have a new take on dropshipping after reading um, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. He has this... Um, this part in the book where he talks about progression and innovation, the whole book is about zero to one. Um, but one part is about vertical progression versus horizontal progression. Horizontal progression is more like globalization, trying to copy what everybody's doing that makes them successful. Vertical progression is making something entirely new, innovating, going from zero to one. Dropshipping is entirely horizontal progression. There's nothing that you are innovating off of. And I think that's what I just don't like about dropshipping so much. People aren't innovating, they're not being new, they're not being creative. And I think that harms society, as Peter does uh, reiterate in the book. So I think if Gen Z is still going to want to do those side hustles, they should try and be more creative. They shouldn't try and rely on horizontal progression as much as they are right now and try and get into that zero to one mindset of making new things, making things that will actually impact society and not getting some random sharpie from china and then selling it for 2x margins on amazon shopify so going forward if we are going to continue doing stuff like drop shipping or amazon affiliate marketing those side hustles we have to be sure that we are trying to be actual entrepreneurs and making real things that impact people on a vertical scale on a horizontal thing because if you look at globalization and horizontal progression as a whole, and Peter goes into this in the book, it really doesn't benefit you long-term. If you're not creating new things for society and you're not trying to progress society vertically, then you're just making the same thing over and over again. Society's not going to change. Society's not going to improve maybe for a third world country, but I think Peter goes to a good point where third and second world countries are always going to try and keep up and outpace um, countries like America. Um, but I won't go much into politics for now. But yeah, what do you guys think about um, the differences between uh, horizontal and vertical progression for Gen Z? And do you think they should lean more into one than the other? Personally, I'm honestly, I think that 
horizontal integration is fine. I think it's a way for a lot of times vertical integration happens from let's let's say like horizontal is much easier to enter as a younger person. Let's say I'm I, I'm a regular person. I can just enter drop shipping. Vertical integration is much harder. So I think horizontal actually gives like a common person a means of of kind of being a, a, a part of the economy. And I don't think like uh, the the normal person, like a, a person who starts a dropshipping account, is looking to change the world. I think they're purely looking to to make to monetize, make as much money from their website as possible. Uh, so in that in that manner, I think like I mean I don't think like horizontal integration is necessarily harmful. But I mean everyone, if you if you hear what dropshipping is, it's literally just buying a it's it's buying a product from China. For or Ali, AliExpress for for like two dollars and then selling it for like fifty, so in that manner, like it's it's definitely like not the most equitable way to way make money, uh. But I mean, it's done. I think it happens, and I think it's not honestly. I don't think it's too like harmful in terms of a whole society. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, kind of building off that, I don't, I wouldn't discourage people from going into horizontal because I think that there's like people have different type of mindsets. Like, I I know Jacob, you said that that you want to do vertical, right? You want to innovate. These horizontal seems kind of bland. So if we if there's innovators like you, right, there's still people that who who can do horizontal and and not really harm society, not hold us back as long as we have innovators who want to do vertical. So I think it's more just like up to personal preference. I think at that point, then those people who are doing horizontal can't call themselves entrepreneurs. I think you have to an extent have to innovate and have to create new things if you want to call yourself innovative and entrepreneur and entrepreneur. So I mean that's our take. But the whole democratizing um, business and revenue is fine. I think if especially if younger people want to get into it and want to do that horizontal, I think content creation is such a better path to do. I think it teaches you so many different things about marketing. And if you do YouTube, I learned this at like what, 11, 12, you learn so much about SEO and marketing, how to brand and how to create content and making things that people want to see um, that will benefit you much, much better in the long term than just buying 20 erasers from China and selling them for 60 bucks and then making some TikTok posts about it. I do think that if everybody's taught to progress horizontally, and society will stay um, where it is now. And I, I just against it. Hey, Jacob, my question for you is, what do you define as entrepreneurship? Is it Does it have to be innovative? I think under my definition, it has to be just creating new things. I think if you're trying to... So there's entrepreneurship and there's entrepreneurship. I, don't, I think I said that right, where entrepreneurship is creating things in a company. But at the same level, entre and intra, whatever, you know what I mean, um, is creating something new and creating new opportunities for something. And if you're being horizontal, sure, you're filling a need in the market, but you're just supplying. I think creating is is the righteous path of an entrepreneur. But yeah, going more into that um, democratization of creating wealth for people, I want to talk about Web3. Uh, I'm pretty sure PC funding for Web3 is at an all-time low since 2021. Do you guys think Web3 is dead and will it ever come back? I mean, I don't I don't think Web3 is dead. I think that once again, like 
VC funding was at an all-time low for all for all um all categories like a couple months ago we talked about it on the podcast so i mean i think that just vcs right now are looking to protect themselves in a sense and and funding web3 right now doesn't really make sense like what has really been developed on web web3 that's like people actually use i just don't think that people are ready to go into web3 yet and so i think that it doesn't really make sense for vcs to fund this huge step forward if they're not really seeing results that they from their 2021 funding I think Web3 has been around for a while. It's had a huge opportunity to prove itself and it just hasn't reached mass adoption yet. So, I mean, if it if it was in some, like some places like Web3 might be more impactful than others, but I think like as a whole, that our need for it hasn't really like demonstrated as much as let's say the bulls. I mean, even the bulls can probably agree with this on Web3. Like it hasn't really, like we haven't really implemented in society yet as much as, uh, we we all initially thought it was going to be. Uh, so that's my take on it. Yeah, I think everybody wants to use the term mass adoption in 2021. I bet you 90% of pitch decks from Web3 founders use the term mass adoption. And in all of those pitch decks in 2021, 2020, it talked about how everybody was going to mass adopt crypto by late 2023 H2 2023 and 2024. And we still haven't seen any mass adoption. And I don't think if we haven't seen any now, I don't think we're going to for the next 10 years. I think crypto is fine. Crypto is going to stay alive. It's an alternative to cash, which people need. Um, but I think uh, if I don't think VC funding as a whole being down is imperative that just because that's the reason that Web3 is down, just because all VC funding is down doesn't validate that that's the reason Web3 is down. I think Web3 is down because since 2021, VCs have seen their ROI has been really dog shit for Web3 and crypto, and they don't want to invest anymore. And of course, they're going to be the angels uh, who still invest in it. My thesis behind why some people want to fund um, Web3 is because Web3 is all about innovation, democratization, and innovation that is everything a vc wants in a company and when you have a subsection of people who just want to create new things in that subcategory you're going to try and put money into that because innovation tends to make you money if you're a vc but the thing about that is when you're innovating for things that aren't creating real value for people who actually need it then you're not going to make any money I think that goes back to the mass adoption is do people really need things that are being made by Web3? Is it filling a need in the actual market? No, it is not. If you disagree with me, name one Web3 product that is that you actually use on a day-to-day basis. You probably don't use them. So that's my take. I'd love to hear your guys' take on that. I mean, interesting thing is if you look at Coinbase stock, I think we've this has been like pretty, pretty like, surprising for a lot of people is it's rallied like pretty hard in the past like few months in particular I, I mean I, I think it's at like 90 I just checked I think it was like 93 I checked earlier today but that that I mean I think right when we all think crypto's dead it always it, it's phases I think it's you'll see it not be talked about it'll be like two years it's not talked about for two years and then bam 
it's the next big thing. It's huge. It's it's going to change the world. And then it goes silent for another two years, comes back, goes silent. It's kind of just a, it's a repeating pattern. And uh, it, if you look at, I mean, if you look at the the Bitcoin chart in particular, that's what you'll definitely see is it doesn't, it has these periods of rally, it has these huge rallies and then it just kind of stays where it is for whatever two years and then kind of consolidates and then same thing happens again. You guys think crypto will ever reach mass adoption? I mean, I think like ever is hard to tell. I don't think anytime soon. I think it's really hard for people to put large sums of money into into crypto when as Pierre said it's so volatile i mean every two years bitcoin's going from from like fifty thousand sixty thousand down to like fifteen thousand who's gonna want to put money into that not like like over just holding on to the dollar like yeah the dollar like crypto has its benefits right but my dollar is not changing by like 60 70 percent in value so i think it's hard for the next couple of years for people to really trust it especially older people who really have money i think it's just harder to trust something so new and so volatile i think the existence of stablecoin is an opportunity for crypto if it is utilized correctly i thought there would be like tax benefits to using crypto but apparently it, it, the irs has to do some extra steps to get the actual uh, dollar cost of a token um but i think there is still some opportunity in crypto despite my rant earlier um for a day-to-day person to use it i don't think we we're going to see that but as i was saying earlier we're not going to see it until someone innovates and creates a zero to one product that is actually going to help out the consumer and that is up for vertical innovators who are actually going to make things and not just drop shit all day but we're not going to go back to that debate but i i i don't want to be the person who's saying there's going to be mass adoption definitely in the future but there definitely has to be some level of innovation that we can't think of yet because that hasn't been created yet um that will happen i think personally that there will be mass adoption and my reason why is i think if you look at the i mean we're looking all at the u.s right now but if you look at other countries in particular like southern south american like or uh south america a bunch of countries in south america uh el salvador kind of all those countries, those are countries that have like horrible economies. I mean, we think inflation here is bad. That That's crazy that like Venezuela, all these countries are having, you know, mass inflation. And that's where like a stable coin I could really see like being like really useful because you could pay, I mean, I think El Salvador is really the, the at the forefront of this, but they're implementing like, like you could pay in Bitcoin for most things in that country. They have Bitcoin ATMs all around the country. Their government's invested in Bitcoin. And so like the ability to have this, this currency that's decentralized and not attached to their economy, which is in shambles basically, in a lot of these countries, it is just really impactful. And it's really easy for, it, it really facilitates the financial process, I think in a few countries. I mean, that, not the US, but those outside of them when you consider those. I do think in uh, that's totally totally true. If there were going to be some war, another World War Three or something like that, and currencies and economy all over the world is getting messed up, if a country that stays neutral like Switzerland had a stable coin, who won't be impacted by the war at all, 
I think it'd be very useful for people just to buy that neutral coin so that they know that their their money is protected. Because um, you can keep it in a, in a bank account, but if you're getting, if you're in America and you're getting bombed and you don't know if your bank is going to survive till tomorrow, um, it, it would definitely be beneficial to have something that um, it's not physical and is in a place that you know is safe because that country isn't going to be affected by war. You can even that even have like some World Bank that um, has a secondary crypto that isn't affected politically or by war at all. Um, so you know that your money is always safe. I think that is something that crypto could definitely uh, benefit from. You guys have any more questions? No, so wrap it up there. Again, go check out the last episode with Charles Gelman. Great episode, great person. Go check out us, our social links below. Um, we'll release this later this week. This is released on, on Monday. But yeah, 